What in the name of sweet glory? Well, I'll tell you what in the name of sweet glory. It's the Harland Highway. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Uh, welcome, everybody. I am Harlan Williams. You are riding down the Harland Highway. And uh, we got a great show for you today, like we always do. Um, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead. There's an aspect of The Walking Dead, the, the hit zombie show, that uh, nobody's really talked about yet. And probably because it's so disgusting, why would they? But you know me, I'm provocative. I will talk about anything I need to right here. Uh, we will have the Harland Highway question of the day. Um, and uh, an interesting story in the news, a Santa spoiler. Somebody doesn't want kids to believe in Santa. Wait till you hear about this nutbag. Um, also, uh, are you in a, are you an addict? I have a feeling every one of you listening might be addicted to this thing. And I'm going to talk about it today. I think I'm talking a bunch of addicts. You'll see what I'm talking about. Also Christmas. Are you traveling this Christmas? Are you going to miss putting up a tree and lights and all that stuff because you're traveling? That's a bummer. And uh, speaking of bummers, my gardener, Senor Fuentes, is dropping by. I don't know why. I never do, because this is the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Here we go. There's the Christmas music. Guess what time of year it is. Oh, yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. la da dee 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 Take a look in the five and ten. Doodle dee Listen once again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, except in one place, okay? Here's our first Christmas story of the season, and uh, what a treat this one is, okay? Uh, Let's kick it off with a, huh? Um, A man was arrested after telling kids Santa isn't real. Now, we've all heard that happen before, but check out how it went down. Okay, a small town in Canada, Kingston, Ontario, a place I've been to, okay, um, a real-life Grinch was arrested after he spoiled the holiday cheer at a parade telling children that Santa wasn't real. So here he was at the Santa Claus parade. It's one thing to to whisper it in a kid's ear, but to walk around at a parade. So here's where it, here's where it gets funny, man. The unidentified 24 year old man who had his hair gelled to look as though devil horns were protruding from his head. <laughs> Come on, 
was arrested by police in the town of Kingston during the annual Santa Claus parade. The St. Nick naysayer faces criminal charges for causing a disturbance by being drunk and breach of probation. Do you believe this? The guy went to the trouble. He gets, gets hammered, gets like some of that extra strong hair gel, gives himself Satan horns, and wanders through the parade telling kids Santa isn't real. Imagine you're a four-year-old kid looking up into the face of that guy. Santa's not real, kid. (laughs) They say it was pretty despicable that someone during this time of year would tell kids Santa isn't real. Which, of course, we would argue um, he is real, right? Do we know he's not real? Can we prove it? Um, So there you go. What a way to kick off the holiday season. Right out of the right out of the gate, Devil Horns McGee comes comes out and ruins it. Do you remember how old you were when you stopped believing in Santa? Um, do you remember? Do you remember an age? Do you, you remember a specific moment where it happened where you took that turn and just went, "Nah, come on." It's funny how how your brain works, right? For for the first little while, you you believe it, but then. Your brain starts to do some physics, right? Your little your little baby juvenile brain starts to do some physics. And you actually go outside and you look at your chimney and you go, wait a minute. The top of that chimney is it's like a clay pipe. It's it's like uh it's like seven inches across and five inches wide. It's physically impossible for a, a fat man in a red suit to climb down there with a bag of toys. Or worse yet, what if you're a kid who who lives in a condo or an apartment building and there are, there is no fireplace? Uh, yeah, he squeezed through the vent. He squeezed through the air conditioning vent, Billy. That's not possible. Yeah, he came up through the toilet, Johnny. But there's no access into our house. How could anyone? Po- he came up through the toilet. Wow. You know, I mean, how how do you explain it? <laughs> it's just, it's just, so I think I must have been around, uh, I don't know, probably the same age as everyone else. You know, when you, when you start putting the pieces together on how the world works, uh, must have been maybe like five or six, maybe you start the seeds of doubt, the seeds of suspicion. And it's not like you're a kid and you plan this. You don't sit down and go, I'm going to disprove this theory. It's just, it kind of just drifts into your head. You're like, wait a minute. Hold on. So there you go. Don't don't ruin it for kids any faster than you have to. I mean, how, how, many, how many things in life that are kind of fantasy-driven do we get to hold on to that are full of charm and magic and... You know, the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and uh, Santa Claus and your dirty Uncle Larry. How how long do you get to hold on to these iconic, joy-filled figures? So don't ruin it, and uh, come on, man. Let's, Let's have a good Christmas. And speaking 
of uh, good Christmases. We will be having our annual um, Christmas Day parade coming up in the very near future on the podcast. John and John will be commentating on the wonderful floats that come down the road at the Harland Highway annual Christmas parade. So we got that to look forward to. hey Yeah, Christmas is a fun time of year. Where, what? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Roger, what is he doing here? Oh, for God's sakes. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I don't want him in here. Oh, for God's sakes. What in the name of hell? Hello, senor. My name is Senor Fuentes. I know who you are. You're my gardener. I hired you. That's right, senor. I've been working for you for many years. Yeah, so what are you doing here? I'm doing my podcast. Senor, I thought it very important that I drop by. My name is Senor Fuentes. Stop saying your name. I know who you are. Thank you, senor. Thank you for acknowledging my existence, Senor Fuentes. Stop it! What are you doing here? Oh, yes, senor. I came by. I wanted to ask you something about Christmas. What? I wondered if I could hang your balls, senor. Excuse me? I want to hang your balls. Don't. What are you talking about hanging my balls? Your Christmas balls, senor. Outside the house every year, we hang your balls in the trees. Okay. Why do you have to ask me that? Well, I just want to make sure I don't want to put your balls up in the trees too early, senor. Okay, you can put my balls in the trees... Thank you, senor. Stop. Don't make me say what. What, senor? Don't make me say that. What? You can hang my balls in the trees. It sounds weird. Well, it's just something we do every year, senor. It's a tradition. I know it's a tradition, so just do it. What? Hang your balls in the trees, senor? Yes. I'll throw them over the branches, senor. Okay. And they'll dangle in the wind, senor. Okay, throw my balls over the branches and let them dangle in the... Oh, come on! What, senor? You're making me say stuff that doesn't sound like Christmas. It sounds like something else. What, senor? Well, you're making me say... What, that your balls will hang over the branches and dangle in the wind? Yes! Now just go home and do it. Well, before I go, senor, I have to ask you some more things. What? Is it all right if I spit on your balls, senor? What are you talking about? Well, the balls are very dirty, senor. They've been sitting in the garage getting dusty. Are you saying my balls are dusty? Exactly, senor. Oh, God. So what do you want to do? I want to spit on your balls and shine them up before I hang them in the trees to dangle, senor. Oh, for crying out loud. Do you not want me to do it, senor? Do what? Hang your balls in the trees all shiny. Yes, I want you to hang my balls all shiny. So are you saying I can... Yes, you can spit on my balls. Thank you, senor. I shall spit on them and shine them so they're all nice and purple and green. My balls aren't purple and green. Yes, senor. We bought some new ones last year. What? Well, we had the red ones and the gold ones, but this year your balls will be purple and green and shiny.
Stop saying my balls are purple and green and shiny and dangling in the trees, senor. All right, get out of here. Why are you so upset, senor? Because you make it sound like something else, okay? All I'm asking about is spitting all over your balls and dangling them in the trees so they blow back and forth and clank in the wind, senor. They're not going to clank in the wind. I certainly hope birds don't fly into your balls, senor, and smell. They're not. Birds are not going to fly into my balls. Get out. I want you out of here. Go hang the balls. Yes, senor. Out. What an idiot. God, he makes me feel dirty. And should I pick up some Christmas nuts at the grocery store? Get out. God, Roger, why do you let him in here? Unbelievable. Let's get back to the show. God. Christmas balls. Jeez. What a nutbag. Creepy. Just creepy. And speaking of creepy, have you been watching uh, The Walking Dead? This uh, zombie show? Uh, This new season, it looks like they finally got it back on track. I mean, there was a season there last year where I actually started tuning it out. Because it was just, uh, it became a soap opera. It 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 became more about uh, these characters and their crying fits and their their drama and their relationships. And, and, you know, most of the show centered around all all their emotional BS and there was hardly any zombies. Like there are certain shows where there'd be like like a minute worth of zombie a show, and it's like you know what? I'll tune into Days of Our Lives or uh, General Hospital if I want that BS. So this season, thank God, there's a t- there's a ton of zombies, and every every episode there's some zombie getting his head cut off or his throat slashed, or like the, they're really utilizing the zombies, which is. I think that the aspect of the show that keeps us fascinated and keeps us scared and keeps us interested because it's so different, right? But I I started thinking there was a few scenes uh, in this season already where you see the zombies, like, eat people, and then they show the zombies later on with their stomachs, like, all bulged out. Like, you know, they've just ate, like, a giant meal. They've, They've basically eaten another human being, and they're... Their gut has, like, grown like, you know, they look like they're pregnant. And it got me thinking, and as if zombies aren't disgusting enough, but this, this is kind of foul, but I think it, we need to ask this question. What the, what the hell does a zombie turd look like? And worse, what does it smell like? I mean, let's face it, folks, on a, on a bad day, on a good day, a human loaf is, is disgusting enough, okay? I don't even want to get into it, but, but imagine what, what does the, the, the turd of a, of a zombie smelling look like? Obviously, they're still living. They've got to pass stuff through their zombie digestive system, right? I mean, when's the episode when we see a zombie, like, squatting in, in the middle of the street? Dropping, like, uh, chunks of uh, of human. You ever, you ever heard of an owl pellet? When owls, uh, when owls eat mice, 
they produce what's called an owl pellet. They regurgitate all the fur and the bones, and it looks like a turd, and they drop it on the ground. And uh, that's one way you know there's an owl around. If you see, they're, they're usually like little gray pellets, and it's all like this matted hair, and you can actually you can actually pick them up because it's not really a turd. It's like it's like a, it's like a, a vomit bomb, right? They regurgitate it, and if you pull these uh, clumps of fur open, you can actually see like mouse skulls and bones, and so it, it made me wonder what the hell's a zombie bomb look like? What's a great big zombie loaf full of? Oh, there's a watch. There's a there's a bracelet. There's uh there's my sister's hand. There's uh there's my uncle uh, Billy's uh, eyes looking up at me out of that poo. There's uh there's a foot and uh, some toenails. There's a there's a big one over there. That's a leg. Just see a zombie dropping a leg out of his zombie butt and imagine the stink. I mean, healthy humans stinking up when they when they defecate. What what's a zombie turd smell like, man? Holy God! What what happens to the world when zombies get diarrhea? And again, I know this is hard to listen to, man. This isn't this is tough stuff to talk about, man. But it's human biology. I mean, good lord! Imagine you yeah you, we've all stepped in dog shit. What's that feel like when you step in a zombie turd on the side of the road? Huh? You're walking down the street looking for a store to pilfer because the world's ended. You're just, you're just out with your rifle trying to break into a grocery store and clear off the shelves. La-dee-da. You step in a giant zombie turd? I mean, that, that's probably acidic. It'd probably eat through your footwear, man. Ugh. So, you know, for the producers, the, the writers, the people who have created the, the uh, Walking Dead, there's your next storyline. Let's, let's examine these zombies even further. If you really want to scare us, if you really want to terrify us, have a zombie dropping a deuce over a log or something. I don't know, up on the hood of a car. Dropping a bomb dropping a loaf a zombie loaf man disgusting <laughs> but it's a disgusting show so let let's get it going man the walking dead the walking diarrhea this ghost bastard has a woodchuck for lunch at least we know at least we know and speaking of needing to know um, do you need to know if you're an addict or not? I think it's possible. I think there's a lot more addicts out there today than we realize. And when I say addict, I'm talking directly to you. You might be an addict. Here's how. How many times a day do you check your Twitter or your Facebook or your MySpace or your email how many times a day? Think about it. You know, you know the answer. You probably do it a lot, man. You probably do it a lot. You might be addicted to it. 
and it's it's funny the culture has changed there was there was a time where you know back in the day when uh, we didn't have the cell phones and the internet it's like you would go to your mailbox every day with the same anticipation you would literally go out to your mailbox or you'd you'd wait for the mailman to shove some letters through your slot and you'd be like, gee, I wonder what, what I'm going to get today. How cool would it be to get a letter? How cool would it be to get something from someone, to connect with someone? But you couldn't be, you couldn't be like, manic about it. You, all you could do was wait. Once a day, the mailman came. And it was always a pleasant surprise. It was exciting if you got a letter. Somebody sent you a package. Someone sent you a note. Someone sent you a sexy picture. Whatever. Right? But the most you could do was, like, once a day you could anticipate that coming. And the reality is we probably didn't think about it that much. But I think we all like getting mail. We all like getting messages, right? And so now we're at a place where it's like I think a lot of us want a message or a air quotes piece of mail every few minutes. And I've had days where I've gone in there and I've said, gee, I wonder if anyone's uh, written to me on Facebook. I wonder uh, if anyone Twittered me. I, I've had days where I've done that. And that's what got me thinking. Is this, is this a problem? Is this going to get worse? Am I going to keep doing that? And I figure if I'm doing it, then everybody's doing it, right? So my question is to you, how many times a day, people, do you, do you check on this stuff? Do you do it every five minutes? Do you do it when you're driving? Do you did you do it every ten minutes? Do you do it every half hour? Do you do it every hour? Do you do it just before you go to bed? Is it the first thing you do when you wake up? Do you do it when you're at a restaurant? Do you do you have to do it when you're with friends? Even though you're with your friends and your family, gee, I'm surrounded by friends, but I better see if more friends are reaching out to me. I can't have enough friends. I've got 15 of my friends with me right now, my best friends, but there might be other friends. I must collect these friends. I must hear from them. Right? Do you think about it at night? Do you have trouble going to sleep if you don't check? Are you disappointed if there's no message there? Maybe just before bed, oh, who's going to wish me a good night's sleep? Nobody. Or I just woke up, rise and shine. Let me check my Twitter. Let me check my email. Let me check my Facebook. Nobody. Oh, my God. What a horrible day. Nobody cares about me. I have no friends. <gasps> and then you ever do this? You, you drop the bait in the water. You, uh, you, um, you chum the water. You start frantically sending out texts and emails and, and Facebooks. You reach out to 10 or 50 because you know eventually you're going to get a reply, right? So you don't necessarily even want to talk to them. You're just like, well, if I write them a text now, they'll have to text me back at some point or they'll have to Facebook me back. And then I'm going to have some incoming stuff. My addiction will be served. I'm going to be fed. So there you go, man. Check yourself. And in fact, check yourself into the Betty Ford Clinic. I wonder if they have if they have a, a technology ward now where there's just addicts, you know, sitting in a padded room, rocking back and forth, their their text thumbs twitching. 
but they're, they're deprived of their electronical devices, their iPads and their cell phones, and their fingers are just quivering because they're, they're having, like, twitch response. It's like restless finger syndrome. Restless text finger syndrome. I must text. I've got to text. Where is everyone? Where's all my friends? Right? I don't know, man. And you see people doing it on the street, everywhere they go, walking around, not paying attention. It's kind of goofy, man. So uh, you better check, check yourself. Make sure you're not an addict. Uh Uh-huh. And once you find out, text me and let me know. Hello! Oh, yeah. Um, so there you go. A lot of questions today. A lot of questions like uh, zombie poop. What does it What does it look like? Are you an addict? And even though we've asked those questions, we really haven't asked the question of the day. So here it is. The Heartland Highway question of the day. All right. The question today is, you know how when you get a helium balloon and you suck it in and you talk like this, your voice goes up? What would happen if Mickey Mouse sucked in a helium balloon? Because he already talks like this. So would his voice just become like a dog whistle? Would it become so high, like higher than Mariah Carey's voice, that whenever Mickey talked, it would just sound like... Like dogs would come running from all over the place to figure out what this noise was? I don't know. I don't have the answer. That's why it is the Harland Highway question of the day. The Harland Highway question of the day. So Christmas time, the holidays, whatever you celebrate, Hanukkah or whatever it is, uh, you know, everything shuts down for the holidays, all the work. And a lot of people travel. A lot of people uh, go home, go back to where they're from, their town, their city, their state of origin, whatever. And I find whenever I do it, there's a sadness to it. There's there's a happiness in that you're going to see everyone you know and spend time with your family. But there's a sadness is that if you celebrate Christmas the way I have my whole life, um, you miss out on a key component of the holidays, which is decorating your house and putting up Christmas lights and all that great stuff, Uh, buying a Christmas tree and putting it up. And so what happens is you get caught in this this netherland where you know you're going home for the holidays, so you don't go out and you don't buy a tree, you don't you don't get the lights, you don't string them up. You're like, what's the point? I'm not going to be here. Um, so why do all this work? Why put all this stuff up when I'm leaving? I won't even be around. And then uh, I'll be gone, and by the time I come back, Christmas is over, and all this stuff will be up, and it's like, idiot, why'd you do that, right? And then, so the other thing is you're flying, or you're driving, or whatever you do, and you get to where you're going, and all the stuff's already up at the other end. Because you're in that zone in between, you know, the holidays, in between when uh, when you leave your house and get to the house you're going to, and those folks, because they're living there, they've put the tree up, they've put the lights up, they've put the, the tinsel up, whatever it is. 
and you're just kind of left hanging. And you didn't get to participate in any of that kind of uh, festive uh, decoration stuff. And it's a bit of a bummer. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a drag. You feel left out because there's a certain ritual, there's a certain uh, tradition to doing stuff like that. It, it, it I gotta say, one of the most joyous things in life for me is putting up that Christmas tree. It's very therapeutic. It, it, it's, uh, I don't know how you feel about erecting the Christmas tree, but the concept of sticking it in the, in the uh, Christmas tree holder and trimming a couple of the lower branches off and pulling out the decorations and putting the lights around and hanging all the Christmas ornaments and putting a candy cane on there and putting the star on top. It's a very uh, nice, peaceful feeling. It's almost spiritual, right? Because, uh, you know, Christmas reminds us, reminds us of the time of year of giving and sharing and loving. And it's a peaceful time of year. It's, it's a, a joyous time of year. And nothing brings that uh, to light more than that Christmas tree and the scent of the uh, pine or the balsam or the fir, whatever type of tree you put up if you're using a real tree. It's almost like uh like it's like almost triggers your pheromones or whatever the hell they're called. You know how they say uh you know we have a chemical reaction to people and certain scents and it triggers uh emotions and feelings inside our brains and our bodies. I, I think the whole ritual and the scent of the Christmas tree and putting it up and you know, every year you do this thing. I think it's a very calming experience, and it's a very uh, heartwarming experience, and it's a very, uh, it kind of makes you bubble up with joy. It makes you feel good. And uh, when you stand back and look at your work and you plug in those lights and the tree lights up, and you're like, ah, oh, it, it makes you feel a bit like a kid again, man. And so uh, I guess what I'm saying, and I, I don't even know, maybe I should have brought it up. Maybe I'm going to depress you by, by bringing it up. But uh, it's like it's kind of sad that we, we lose. We lose that, that little ritual when, we're, when we travel. We don't, we don't get to partake in, in that uh, event, those festivities. Um, but nonetheless, you kind of let it go, and you get to where you got to go, and hopefully they've got it decked out and... Uh, I guess you kind of get the same feeling once you see everything and once you're participating in a Christmas with all that stuff that you love. But it does kind of suck that you don't get to uh, get to do it. Well, I told you I was going to hang your balls, senor. All right. Get out of here. You can help me hang your balls if you want, senor. Out. Unbelievable. Let's end the show right here, right now. That guy comes back, Senor Fuentes. That Senor Fuentes. Out! <sighs> Guy's still hanging around the studio. All right, folks. Well, that is it. Um, here we go. We're getting into the holidays, and, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's just getting going. Uh, but that's it for today. Please uh, check out uh, HarlowWilliams.com. Join us uh, at uh, Twitter and Facebook so I can get addicted to you. Um, and uh, what else can I tell you? Don't forget to uh, 
check out All Things Comedy, which is a uh, podcast uh, website that I uh, have my show on as well. Please go there and uh, check out all the other uh, podcasts and comedy news. And uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, Don't forget my new special will be coming out in the new year, January 15th. Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. Uh, It's really special. I'm going to be posting some clips on the Internet probably this week of a first look, sneak peek, at my new special that was shot out in the middle of the desert up on a hill in the middle of the daytime without an audience. It's pretty kooky, man. I think you're going to like it. So that's it, man. Get those uh, Christmas balls hanging. And until next time, chicken. Chow mein, baby!